Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Studios by way of Fort Wayne, Indiana, and by way of the Dirt Scene Radio Network headquarters in Arthur, Illinois. Michael McIntyre, Jimmy Miller, glad to be with you for show number two of Hot Laps here on the Dirt Scene Radio Network. And Jimmy, I don't know about your area, but for all that hopefulness we had about how spring was finally going to get here, and for all the hope we were thinking of, didn't Mother Nature just go and screw that up completely the past two days? (laughs) Yes, yes, she did. I was, I, I looked at our, I looked at the calendar the other day. I seen we got two weeks, we got about two weeks till the silver, or two or three weeks till the silver crown season starts. Summer's starting to get here. Race season's getting here, and then I wake up, the, I wake up this morning and there's two inches of snow outside. So, it was, uh, it was not to my liking. What, uh, how many? I was gonna say, how much did you guys get in your area? Because we we mainly got the stuff late at night, where the roads were a little slick last night. Last night when I was on the way back from doing something around town in Fort Wayne, and it was a little dicey at times. But this morning, most everything had melted off the roads, as far as us go. How uh, how to hit you guys over there? Uh, we mainly got a, I'd say about an inch, if that. But it was a really good dusting. It's been, I mean, it's way more than I ever want. Because if anybody knows me, I am a, I am a no hater all these people up here in illinois like oh yeah it's gonna snow not me I'm, i hate it with a passion the good news though is even with the snow we got and it doesn't matter if it snowed into coin or not the good news is no matter what this weekend rain shine sleet nor slush as we found out in december we're going racing the usac national midget opener is this weekend at the southern illinois center in decoin the second annual shamrock classic 50 going to be taking place this saturday afternoon if you can't make all the action out there into coin in person, make sure you can watch it live via speedshift.speedshifttv.com. Yours truly will be running the camera out there. Are you getting a, are you going to the coin or are you got to set this one out this weekend? Uh, no, I'm going to have to sit this one out this weekend. I have a prior family engagement this weekend, so I will be I will be one of the people watching on Speedshift TV, making making sure your camera work is up to snuff. I'm looking forward to it as always. Uh, with the Speed Shift crew, always a pleasure to work with Darren Shanley and Chet Christner and the rest of the uh, Speed Shift crew. Work with them 
for the uh, Junior Canepa race back in December and also the sprint car season opener down at Ocala last month, so it's always good when Darren and Chet get to come into town and work with us all at the USAC crew and possibly some other events uh, in the horizon as well for the future that the Speed Shift crew is looking at picking up on the USAC calendar as well. So a lot of plans in the calendar, a lot of uh, good events coming up this year that hopefully we're going to be able to bring to the Bring to the masses, for lack of a better term, as far as 2017 across the USAC divisions. But those announcements are still in the works, and we're looking forward to bringing those to you as well. Uh, coming up later in the show, Lauren Stewart, promoter of the Shamrock Classic at the Southern Illinois Center, will be joining us here via the phone line. Looking forward to talking to her about the success that was the inaugural Shamrock Classic and talking about what's going to be a little bit different this year and seeing if they made any more T-shirts extra for that event this year, considering last year they sold out of everything. From they're, they're probably gonna they're probably gonna sell out again. I was gonna say from child smalls to 4x. I went down to the uh, the t-shirt table when you walk into the main the main concourse there at Decoin. I walked down there right when we were getting ready to push off the last chance races, and they had about ten shirts left in like adult small size. So I'm warning everybody now: if you want to get your commemorative shirts, you're gonna want to get them early when you get to Decoin on Saturday for the fact of they ain't gonna last long. What uh, what time does everything start down there at uh, Decoin? Uh, pit gates are opening relatively early. I think it's opening like eight a.m. or something to where everybody can get parked and get their stuff loaded inside. Uh, I know grandstands. I'm pretty sure opening up at one o'clock, and I think hot laps go right around four or five thirty ish, and then racing immediately follows after that. Just one division, just one division this year. Just the, just the national midgets from the USAC cars. Uh, the Outlaw Carts and a couple of other divisions were involved in the show last month in DeCoin. That was actually a pretty big success overall. So just midgets on Saturday. Uh, I'm not quite sure on ticket prices of that, but definitely going to be a good show if, to kick off the USAC National Midget Season, which is a little bit of an oddity that the National Tour kicks off its season indoors. But that being said, I'm hearing already 50-plus entries on the card this weekend in an, in an area that's really friendly for midget racing because you're only four hours outside, outside of Indianapolis where the USAC teams are. And you're deep enough in Illinois where the Power Eye invaders can come on over and have a good shot. So you wind up with this this mini Chili Bowl type atmosphere, still with 50 plus cars and all good talent coming into town. Oh yeah, I know. The, I know with the uh, December show down there, it was it was a really good it was a really good showing down there for the amount of cars. I know all the Clawson cars will be there. Uh, all the Keith Coons cars that were absent from the December event will be there, according to their Twitter. Um, it's just it looks like all the Pretty much all the big names are going to be there. I mean, I, see, I think I think I've seen Robert Bell, Chris Andrews is from Ohio is going to be there. It's, it's going to be a good show, I, I think. And out of the Keith Coon stable, a a returning invader, I guess you can you can call it in a sense, the return of Christopher Bell coming back to a Keith Coon's car. He's going to run both the Shamrock Classic this weekend for the Keith Coon stable, both at DeCoin, and he's also going to be returning home, for the lack of a better term next weekend when the Power Eye Series opens up at I-44 Riverside down in Oklahoma City. So a couple of weekends off with the uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is allowing Seabell to come home and play, for lack of a better term. Going to be uh, good to see Chris back in action behind the wheel at a midget, especially in an area that is strong with his following and really good to get back to his roots that really springboarded his career with the Keith Goons team. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely he's definitely really good really good down there i can't I, i'm not sure if he's ever, if he has any wins down at the coin and the indoor track yet but uh, he's definitely gonna be one of the one of the cars to be reckoned with 
if if memory serves me right, I have the Keith Coons cars haven't really made too many treks to Decoin in the past. No, they haven't, and it's kind of. And last year, it was kind of the Achilles heel where Shane Galbick, in many ways, for the Wood team, was a surprise winner. This year, Galbick and the Wood team teaming up with the Clash and Marshall stables that right now look to be the odds-on favorite as far as who can pull off the win on Saturday, especially because the winner from the Junior Canepa race back in December, Tyler Courtney, is back behind the wheel of the same car from the same team, so... Keith Coons may be bringing the Keith Coons Mafia along, but the Colossian Marshall team's bringing, you know, five, six bullets in their own chamber, so it's going to be really interesting how many cars. Actually, that's one thing I'll bring up to you right now. Is it possible that will all the Keith Coons cars and all of the Colossian cars make the A main on Saturday? Because if they do, that's half the field. You want to you want to take yeah, the bet you want to take the bet against me, or do you want to bet what Vegas is thinking of thinking they got a pretty darn good chance to make the field? No, I've seen enough. Uh, I've seen enough power eye heat, power eye heat races that are entirely made up of Keith Coons cars to know that all the that most of the Keith Coons cars will will make it in. Most of the Colossal a lot of the Colossal cars will make it in. I'm not going to say whether all of them will make it in or not because I don't believe they will. I think I'll have a, maybe a couple problems on that small boring down there in Decoin. It's really hard not to. But uh, e- either way, it's going to be a really good show down there at Decoin, like as it usually is. Decoin is in many ways considered one of the favorites when it comes to some of the indoor tracks. I mean, yes, everybody ranks the Chili Bowl at the top, but the coin slowly but surely is becoming that number two marquee event that everybody out of the midget scene is looking forward to because it's close racing. Everybody uses it as a tune-up for when they go to Tulsa, and in this case, it's a good way for everybody to get together at the beginning of the season and see what everybody has because at this point, everybody's just coming off a cabin fever. Oh yeah, it's definitely down that track down there at Decoin. It's usually very grippy. It has a top, a bottom. A track that small, you wouldn't think would have a top like that, like like it gets. But it's it's. I mean, it's really good. I've got a back when we used to run the micro down there. Uh, we got a couple laps down there, and it was uh, really good. I brought it up with uh, I brought it up with Brian Clawson last year when we were there, and he talks about how for and he talked about for. For the fact that it is an indoor track, the consistency of the soil that they do bring in for that show relatively still behaves the same way as far as when they put water in it, they get a good amount of, they get a good base layer in it to keep moisture in it through the entire day. And if it's like anything it was in December, they really won't have to add any water to it after we begin. They just till it back up and pack it back down. So I'm expecting the same same two-groove racetrack we always have when we go there, and 50-plus cars, six heat races, a bunch of qualifiers, and looking like we're probably going to have a C-main or two in this one. Going to be interesting to see, you know, just who comes out of the gate firing. Obviously, we've brought up the, the Clawson team's going to be dominant in this case, and we brought up that the Keith Coons cars are dominant in a lot of cases. So, excluding those two teams, who else do you think stands a chance when we go to the coin? I mean, I would say your car from what Chris did with it in December, but you're not coming. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be one of the one of the things that's going to be interesting to me to see is I know on Esslinger's uh, Twitter feed this or a lot this winter they have a apparently they have a new motor debuting down there with Tyler Thomas. Uh, the I think it's a I can't think of the name of the I can't think of what they're calling it, but apparently it is going to be able to compete with the Stanton uh, Toyotas. Uh, maybe I'm hoping Esslinger's guts is coming up with something new, something to bang out some of the Toyotas. 
Toyota has been, for the last better part of the last decade, about where the Steve Lewis Fords were for the better part of the late 90s, early to mid-2000s, before they brought in Toyota to the sport. So for Esslinger to come out with a new motor thinking that this is their way to take on the Toyotas, this seems like this is the right time to where they've got the right amount of research in, where they come can come in guns blazing and really go after what the Toyota dominance has been for the better part of the last decade. Because now, you know there's bound to be some research that's in the camp that's seen where they're getting their success from, so now it's time to take that technology and then bring it back into their, their toy and see what they can come up with. Yeah, I really, I really hope so because it's going to be, I mean, the, for the, I mean, the budget, I, I say budget racer, cause, but there is no budget racing and midget racing I have discovered. I was going to say, all. how many parts have you it's, just invested all, in for your own all, car? Yeah, it's all really, really expensive when compared, compared to like what a boat costs. But yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing just what the what this motor can do. From what I from what I've heard, price wise, it's going to be it's it's not going to be the from what I've heard the sixty dollar the sixty thousand dollar price tag I've heard on a Toyota. Maybe maybe that's more, maybe that's less. I don't price a Toyota very often, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm 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 really hoping that this motor can you know do something down there and uh, can maybe give Esling or better footing in the midget motor world, like that's- like their like their past dominance. Make sure you give us a call here in the Dirt Scene Radio Network studios if you want to join in this evening. Give us a call, 515-605-9378. That'll get you on here. He's Jimmy Miller. I'm Michael McIntyre. You brought up Tyler Thomas as far as being the brigade that's going to, you know, usher in the new Esslinger motor. Tyler, in many ways, is going to be that dark horse that really you can't call a dark horse anymore because he's been pretty good in the midget. He had a very successful year last year in the likes of the sprint car running for the the uh, the Burton team. Won the TV points for the uh, Jack Slash Indiana Sprint Car Series last year. So now that Tyler Thomas has had a couple of seasons to see the Indiana tracks and see the the USAC schedule and a good part of the Power Eye schedule, is this the breakout year for Tyler? Uh, I I. I, I think so. I think it could be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be really interesting to see what he can do. What he can do with the new motor. Um, I mean, at, given his success last year in the sprint car, I don't see why this couldn't be his year. But I mean, Tyler's shown that in the past that he can be really. He can be really, really good. Um, I know he won the. I know he won at uh, the the last. Uh, um, he won the final of the Power High Speed Week at Belleville last year after coming really close the last the first the first three nights of the show, and uh, I think I think this year he could he could reel off some wins with USAC and Power High. Tyler Thomas, like I said, terror last year in the Indiana Sprint Car Series from the Jack Slash Series. So Tyler going to be one of the ones that we definitely watch indeed. And you have, as far as the power I ranks, you have your Zach Doms that are going to come in and try to invade on Saturday as well. And Zach's been strong when we go to DeCoin. So that's definitely going to be the, the hitters to watch come Saturday when we get our way to the Southern Illinois Center at DeCoin, Illinois, for the second running of the Shamrock Classic. we got to take this commercial break, and on the other side, we're going to talk more about DeCoin, and then we're going to talk about the World of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car Series this past weekend at the Dirt Track at Las Vegas Motor Speedway and a track in my area. Just made a scheduling edition as well, and it's going to be something that we definitely are looking forward to 
as far as in northeast and northwest Indiana. He's Jimmy Miller. I'm Michael McIntyre. You're listening to Hot Laps on the Dirt Scene Radio Network. Looking for a high performance? When you want high performance, there's only one place to go. Jags.com. Jags.com has the largest selection of high-performance automotive parts on the web. When you need high-performance, Jags.com has the part you want, when you want it. Want performance? You got it. Jags! We asked at DIYer to tell the difference between a beaker of new Valvoline motor oil and one with Valvoline Next Gen with recycled oil. They look the same. Both exceed industry specs. Still can't tell. Okay, one's better for the environment. Not helpful. Next Gen oil is better than new oil. Used oil actually starts off better than crude and goes through the same refining process. Then it's improved with our special additives for the same Valvoline protection. And because it uses less resources, it's better than new oil. Valvoline Next Gen. With 50% recycled oil, it's better than new oil. Hey, folks, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here on the here on Hot Laps with Jimmy and Mac here on the Dirt Scene Radio Network. Um, right now, we got uh, World of Outlaws, Mac, uh, at the Dirt Track at Las Vegas, March 9th and 10th. Uh, watched the uh, watched all that on Dirt Vision, and uh, it was a it was a really good show. The one thing that jumps out at me from the World of Outlaws weekend in Vegas is what we talked about last weekend as far as Jason Johnson possibly being the one that's going to try to dethrone Donnie Shots. But that being said, Donnie went and made a statement this past weekend as far as winning both nights in Vegas. Yes, yes, he did. That first night he had a really, really good battle with Brian Brown. Um, but uh, the... The thing is, I think it was, a, it was a very rough, rough racetrack, and I think, uh, I think, Don, I think Donnie shot starting up front like that. It definitely helped him being rough like that. I mean, Donnie, Donnie's good any track we go to, but uh, from watching from watching the highlights on uh, Dirt Vision, uh, Paul he he needs to take Paul McMahon out for a steak dinner because both both times coming to the white flag. Brian Brown, Brian Brown is leading Donnie Shots. White flag comes out. Brian Brown is going to win this thing. Paul McMahon brings out the yellow, and he just, just is able to get back. Get Donnie Shots is able to get back around him for the win. I mean, first night was really good down there. And not only that, I'm looking at the rest of the results from from out at Vegas as well. You got to give an attaboy to what Brian Brown did accomplish out at Vegas this weekend, as far as how strong he ran. But I'm I'm seeing that Rico Abreu car again. I'm seeing the the uh, Abreu Vineyards number 24 hitting the top five as well. So I've kind of wondered with this since since Rico has stepped back from from the Truck Series deal full time. Could you see possibly the Abreu Vineyards team running a full effort with the World of Outlaws here within the next year or so, considering how strong Rico has been here early? Possibly a way for them to run full time next year. Uh, yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see them head- heading that route. I mean, f- I don't think funding is a, is that big of an issue for him, but, uh, I can definitely, I can definitely see him getting, 
going after the world of outlaws, it, it, it would be really nice to see him take over where, take over where the young guys are supposed to be at right now, battling, battling Tommy shots. I can definitely see him and shots getting into it in the next couple, the next couple of races. I hope with the uh, going out to California to Larry this weekend, I think, uh, I think Rico Abreu is slated to start reeling off some wins with the world of outlaws. Right. I'd really like to see him start reeling some off. They stay out west coming up this weekend as far as the World of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car Series campaign. Friday, March 17th, they're in action at what, from what I've seen as far as the photos that Dean Mills takes and a lot of the footage that I see, the Tulare Raceway, the Tulare Thunder Bowl in Tulare, California, we got to get there sooner or later just because that looks like an absolutely beautiful racetrack. Oh, yeah. From all the pictures I've seen being out there on the, being out there on the ocean like that, I mean, you're. I mean, you are right there at the ocean, and from all the videos from Loud Pedal and all that I've seen, it's just an amazing short little, kind of small bowl ring for wing sprint cars. It's just, it's an amazing racetrack where they run the uh, one of their one of their big shows there in the fall. The uh, it's not the Gold Crown, is it? No, Gold Crown. You're thinking the tro- I'm th- you're thinking the Trophy Cup. Yeah, Trophy Cup, Trophy Cup, Trophy Cup. Trophy Cup. From uh, from watching that last year on the cushion, that was a definitely a track on my bucket list. Word of Outlaws in action Friday and Saturday this weekend at the Tulare Raceway in Tulare, California. Then they come back the following weekend still in the California state at Stockton, the Stockton Dirt Track for the FVP Western Spring Shootout. That's coming up on Friday, March 24th, and Saturday, March 25th. But this weekend's action at Tulare Raceway in Tulare, California. You can watch live on Dirt Vision as well through their pay-per-view feed, Ross Weiss, Brian Dunlap, and the entire Dirt Vision crew. Always a pleasure to watch the work that they put together when you get a good feed up on Dirt Vision. Yeah, it's uh, Dirt, Dirt Vision has taken the whole live streaming thing and blown it out of out of out of the water. I think we're going to be I be for them down at uh, the Devil's Bull Speedway down there. So uh, that's going to be really really good experience down there. So I'm really really looking forward to work, working with them and seeing what they got. For what they started with, as far as when Dirt Vision was first launched back around 2003-2004, when it was the old Boundless Motorsports, Dirt Motorsports banner up in the Northeast, for what they've taken the first real streaming concept for dirt dirt short track racing and what they've built it into, it really all encompasses where the sport's going as a future as far as the avenues of where the sport can be promoted and where it can be broadcasted because now you have it to where you have your dirt visions, you have your loud pedals, you have your power eye channels. There's so many good ways to get the sport out in the masses now and to see them originally take charge of it. And for now, for what it's built in, it's really kind of paved the way for guys like you and me and some various other places as well to really say, Hey, this is the way we can promote our sport. I mean, instead of looking at the, we all know that broadcast television is not exactly the cheap way to go about it now. So the ways to promote the sport through where the younger generation is flocking to their, their phones, their tablets, their computers, looking for video rather than television, it's kind of been the way of the future. Yeah, I think uh, I would, I've always had way in the back of my mind that one of these days we're going to see some really rich guy build a racetrack where there's going to be no bleachers, no concessions, no nothing, just racing in a live stream. That's, that's going to be it. Is that what you're building? Be the death of ra- uh, no, that's probably going to be the death of racing at that point because the fans we know are what uh, are what make all this happen. So uh, I think I think live streaming is a very good thing for motorsports, and uh, I I think every race should be live streamed, big, small, all of them. But I mean that's uh, you're talking a lot of money doing that. 
That's a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of investment. And it's also, remember, we don't get the commercial time that we can sell on it like we can on television. So for when you're ordering a pay-per-view, you're helping keep the, the stream business going as far as what we're trying to do with it and what we're trying to build with the future. So when you get good quality pay-per-views like you get this weekend with Speed Shift and you get this weekend with Dirt Vision, make sure you support them. Make sure you buy them. Make sure you shout out where you're watching and who all you're watching the broadcast with. We're going to take this break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to talk with Lauren Stewart, the promoter this weekend at the Southern Illinois Center in Decoy, Illinois, for the Shamrock Classic. We're going to get back into some midget talk when we come back. He's Jimmy Miller. I'm Mike McIntyre. You're listening to Hot Laps on Dirt Scene Radio Network. We asked a DIYer to tell the difference between a beaker of new Valvoline motor oil and one with Valvoline Next Gen with recycled oil. They look the same. Both exceed industry specs. Still can't tell. Okay, one's better for the environment. Not helpful. Next Gen oil is better than new oil. Used oil actually starts off better than crude and goes through the same refining process. Then it's improved with our special additives for the same Valvoline protection. And because it uses less resources, it's better than new oil. Valvoline Next Gen. With 50% recycled oil, it's better than new oil. From its humble beginnings in Lakeville, Indiana in 1957, Hoosier Racing Tires have become the premier race tire used by champions all over the United States and in 86 different countries. The different types of racing tires they have include tires for dragsters, road racing, oval track dirt, oval track asphalt, carts, quarter midgets, ATVs, pro street, and much more. So if you promote a racetrack, own a racing series, or just want the best tire made for your style of racing, Hoosier is the only race tire manufacturer you'll ever need. Go check them out at HoosierTire.com. Tires designed for champions. Hello, folks. Lady, welcome back here to here to Hot Laps with Jimmy and Mac. On the phone right now, we have our guest tonight, the promoter of the Shabrock Classic, Lauren Stewart. Lauren, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, we're doing well. How's uh, how's things over there in Indiana with Mac? Oh, they're they're cold right now. It's cold outside. I've been running around all day uh, doing different stuff for the Shamrock, and it's cold outside. But other than that, it's good. Yes. Uh, how uh, how excited are you guys are you to get down to DeCoin and uh, finally do this race you've been promoting for a while now? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We've got the second annual Shamrock Classic coming up on Saturday. Uh, you know, last year was a huge success. We got a lot of positive feedback. Um, from the fans and drivers alike, so I'm really looking forward to it. Lauren, as far as the success from this race one year ago, I made the joke I talked about talked about it with Jimmy a couple of minutes ago for the fact of how quickly the merchandise sold out down at the uh, the t-shirt table. Did you guys bring more t-shirts for this year? Because Lord knows it was the hot commodity with everybody that was in attendance last year. I think I saw more green in the crowd than anything. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, merchandise is kind of my thing, so I definitely kept that in mind. And uh, we have a really, really cool um, design that Arizona Sports sh- Shirts did for us. So, absolutely, plenty of T-shirts, T-shirts, decals, got a couple hoodies. So, we've got it all. What's uh, with with this year? The uh, what are what are some of the uh, fan interactions you guys have going on down there? This, I know in the past when I've been there, you had the fan walk during, during the uh, A main, before, right before the A main. You had the drivers intro with the uh, smoke and the flames and all that. What uh, what do you got going on for this year's Shamrock Classic? Oh, you know, 
we're doing a lot of the same that we did last year um, since it was such, you know, positive feedback that we received. But um, we're going to do the same thing for driver or for driver intros right before the feature. I'm going to invite all the kids that are there in the stands down, make a little tunnel for the drivers to go through. We have a lot of stand giveaways, um, you know, little freebies to throw into the crowd. Really the goal is, is to just make it an event. Uh, minimize the downtime so you know when we're doing track prep or in between races we can keep the fans entertained and engaged you bring up the uh the supercross style intros from last year and it's something that really makes the event unique in its own right because we always talk about how the chili bowl is the epicenter of the midget racing world with as successful as the first edition of this was and as popular as the Kanepa race was back in December, where do you want to see the long-term goal of this race going? Do you want this eventually to become, you know, the number two indoor midget race in the country right behind the Chili Bowl? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That that would obviously be the ultimate goal. Um, Brian had a crazy idea last year. When we left Ducoin on Sunday morning, he said, man, I think we could make this a two-day show. Um you know, it's just something that would take take some planning and, you know, you'd have to crunch the numbers, but always looking for ways to expand and, you know, make the event even bigger than it is. But I've had so many people reach out to me and, you know, I've, I've, I've just seen it on different websites and different Facebook pages, people talking about the Shamrock Classic. So uh, goal number one is already achieved when, you know, we wanted people to be able to say Shamrock or Shamrock Classic and people immediately think of our race like they do when you hear, you know, the Brad Doty Classic. People just call it the Doty and, you know, you know what they're talking about. So hearing people say, oh, I'm going to the Shamrock this weekend, uh, that's pretty cool. That, that, you know, from a promoter standpoint, that definitely makes me excited. Talking or talking about talking about this race, um, who uh, who do you who's your pick to possibly be your be the winner of this event? If you, oh, had, if, you got, if you had to pick, if you had to pick one, if I had to pick one, I don't, I don't know as a promoter that I can do that, right? I think I have to, I think I have to be unbiased and uh, cheer for everybody, be friends with everybody. Well, Isn't we, that how that works? We were going to let you, we were going to let you have them. We were going to let you have a mulligan on it. That same way in the media world. But if I had to pick one, um, you know, obviously, obviously, uh, got a quite the connection to a Clawson Marshall stable. Um, don't worry. They're not going to get any preferential treatment, anything like that. Uh, but it would be pretty cool to see, you know, Tyler Courtney win. Um, he's the most recent winner at DeCoin, winning the Kanepa race back in December. It would be pretty cool to see Shane Golubic defend his inaugural Shamrock Classic title. Um, you know, it, it would be, I'm always a fan of the underdogs too, so it would be cool to see one of the Illinois guys, the Fighting Illini, as I think we we dub them, <laughs> see one of the local guys pick up a win. But you know, as from me being a promoter, I just want to see a good show. Um, I want it to be an entertaining race for the fans, which Ducoin has hardly ever let me down. It let me down last year, my own race. But uh, you know, other than that, it seems like it always puts on a good show. You got to definitely be feeling excited for one of the aspects of it. Fifty plus entries for this race. 
that's not too shabby, especially since it is the beginning the beginning race for the 2017 USAC campaign. It's good to see a full full pit area of 50 plus cars. Absolutely, our um, official count right now we have 51 cars entered. Um, pre-entry closed yesterday. I'm sure we'll have a couple more stragglers show up on Saturday, but yeah, I mean, 51 midgets is phenomenal. Uh, everybody's excited to go racing. It's been a long winter, so we get lots of guys to come out and um yeah definitely i mean it's a it's a huge car count with a pretty impressive you know list of drivers you got christopher bell dave darlin jerry coon you got sunshine justin grant brady bacon chad boat so it's a really stout field for sure with uh talking about that i'm going to kind of switch gears here Back at the uh, Chili Bowl, we did the. Uh, I was able to attend your Racers for Autism event down there at the Caravan in Tulsa, and with for my first experience at that at that event, it was a it was it was a really amazing event. Uh, my probably my favorite part would had would really have to be seeing the seeing the picture get auctioned off there with. Uh, I can't think of the guy's oh, name yeah. and the with the live painting. Yeah, Bill Patterson. Yes. Is his name. Yes. Yes. Kind of kind of take us through that. How did all that get started? So let's see, this year was our third annual Racers for Autism event. Um, so back back before we had our first event in 2015, um, Joe Dooling, Brian's midget owner, he came to Brian and he said, hey, I want to have a, a big party on Monday night to kick off Chili Bowl. And Brian said, okay, you know, and Joe was like, let's get a band, let's get everybody together. And Brian was like, okay, it sounds fun. He said, but you know, if we're going to do this, let's, let's do it for charity. You know, let's make it a charity event. Let's raise some money for an organization and, you know, everybody can come together, kick off the week. Um, so Brian and Joe brainstormed on that for a little bit and they decided to partner with the autism society of America. Um, Brian's best friend, Ben has autism. So he was an inspiration behind it. Um, Ben Hodgen, he's a huge, huge racing fan, huge Brian fan. Um, but we got started on that the first year. We kind of threw it together. It was a huge success. We raised over $40,000 in that first year, uh, you know, blew our goal out of the water. I think our goal was somewhere around ten or $12,000. Um, obviously, people loved it, and so we did it a second year. Doubled what we raised. We were able to donate almost $80,000 to the Autism Society. And so going into our third year, this year you know i knew i had to make it bigger and better and everything that brian would have wanted and uh we did just that you know we had our party at the caravan this year and it was it was a huge success we raised one hundred fifty thousand dollars that we were able to donate to the autism society and uh we had a really really cool group of people that were there and a ton of people from you know the racing community fans drivers sponsors were able to come out and kick off their chili beak Chili Bowl week with us, which, you know, it's it's kind of turned into like the Monday night event, which is really cool, and it's something that we'll definitely do more of in the future. You talk about the work that you guys have been doing as far as with the autism awareness group, and I know one of the other major things that you and Brian were involved with as well, kind of after the events that transpired, is as far as the Indiana Donor Network and the staggering number of people that have gotten on board with that program since August. How many more have signed on board for the Indiana Donor Network program? 
Oh, man. We've had almost um, 6,000 people have registered to become organ donors um, in Brian's honor, which is incredible and completely phenomenal. And I don't even think I've, you know, been able to wrap my mind around how truly awesome that is. Um, every donor has the opportunity and the chance to save eight lives. Um, Brian saved five lives when he was able to donate his organs. He donated his lungs, his heart, his liver, and both kidneys. Um, but you look at, you know, 6,000 people touching eight different lives. You know, we've got 48,000 people that Brian is having an impact on their life, which is truly incredible. Um, the people at the Indiana Donor Network are have been so awesome to work with, and they they really understand Brian, and they really are really starting to understand, and they're trying to totally just throw themselves into our dirt racing world. Um, last year, they had a Driven to Save Lives campaign. They partnered with an IndyCar team, and Stefan Wilson actually drove the Driven to Save Lives IndyCar last year in the Indy 500. Um, Stefan's brother was Justin Wilson, and Justin unfortunately passed away um, following an accident at Pocono. And similar stories, Justin was an organ donor, and so that brought, you know, a huge level of awareness to the organ donation. Um, obviously, the positive, the light and all the darkness that came from Brian's accident is that we have our story to tell, and Brian was an organ donor. Um, the people at the Indiana Donor Network recognized that, and they came to us, and they said, hey, we want our Driven to Save Lives campaign let's go midget racing. You know, what, what's more Brian Clawson than that? So all year long, um, our cars have the driven to save lives logo on the side. We've got sunshine in the driven to save lives midget. And, um, that's the, the mission and the goal of the whole campaign is to just spread awareness about do donation and get people who are interested, more knowledgeable about it. And, uh, you know, get people to register to become donors and, I told someone the other day, I said, you know, if we go to 30 midget races this year and every night I have one fan come up to me and ask what the Driven to Save Lives program is, then the campaign is doing its job. You know, we're out there spreading awareness and sharing information. And that's really, that's the whole purpose of it. And we just have such an, such an awesome story, um, such an inspiring story. And it's good to be able to have this great big platform to, share that story with others yeah the uh i know from whenever this uh, his untimely passing um i know one of the one of the big things was the was what we've been talking about here the his organ donation my uh, just a story from myself my wife is an organ is an organ donor and i up until up until this point was not and uh the uh I never really thought about it. It was I was always like, ah, it'll. I don't, I don't need to. Why do I need to sign up? I don't. It'll be. I don't. I don't need. I don't need to. Is pretty much was my right. feelings on it. And then I seen that. And then this whole thing with Brian came came out and uh, found out he was an, that he was an organ donor. And then I and then I, I really got to thinking about it. And I don't. I don't know if it was because he's a racer and I'm a racer. And I I don't know if uh, I don't know why, but I did. Just whenever that happened, I was like, "Well, why not? What do what what am I going to need right. my my organs for when I'm gone?" It just it really with me it really resonated. Absolutely, and you know I've had 
so many people say that. Um, but I'm I'm sitting here. I'm looking at a picture of Brian with his you know big infectious smile right now that's on my wall, and uh, I just know that he has to be so proud of all of it. And you know he was a very selfless person, and he loved doing things for other people, and he loved getting behind a cause, and you know using his fame, I guess, as a as a way to you know spread the word and spread the awareness and. Um, it's, you know, like I said, light in the darkest moment here, but being able to take something good from the situation has really kept me going, has really kept all of us going, you know, our family, my parents, Brian's parents. Um, it's really given us all, I guess, something to, like, purpose or, you know, something just to keep us moving. But like you said, you know, before it was always like, well, I'm not sure about that or I me personally my story I had a very like gruesome picture of organ donation in my mind I kind of thought it was a thing where you die they cut you open they take your organs and that's that and I could not have been more wrong it was the complete opposite of that Um, the moment that we found out Brian was an organ donor from that moment on the Nebraska organ recovery team came in because we were in Nebraska and they sat us down and they told us every step of the process and they kept us informed the whole time and everyone who came in and dealt with Brian and dealt with us, they did so with so much respect and compassion. And, um, one of my favorite parts of the the whole process was we got to write this, what they called a moment of silence. And they read that moment of silence to the operating team when they took Brian down for surgery. And, um, they told us in the beginning, you know, the first day they said, you'll be able to write a small paragraph, a quick a quick summary of who Brian is so our surgeons know who they're operating on, you know, so they know how special these organs are. And I kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, oh, whatever, you know, I can't sum up Brian's life in a paragraph. Well, we sat down as a family to do it, you know, my our very best friends and our family, and we did it. And our moment of silence is, wonderful um i actually have that written on the canvas that's on my wall too that i can see right now but uh having that and then just you know we we had three extra days with brian we had 72 extra hours with him because he was an organ donor and if we didn't have those three days with him if we didn't have those three days together as a family um there's no way we would all be where we're at right now those three days and the fact that brian was an organ donor it took our healing process, you know, from a zero to a five instantly. And so I'm, from a selfish standpoint, I am very thankful that Brian was an organ donor because it gave us more time with him. That's a, that's a great, it, that's great. The, uh, go, taking a kind of a step back here, back to Chili Bowl. Uh, if, if I remember right, two of the doctors that were present were eight, you, you actually took them to the Chili Bowl. Is that correct? Yes. Um, they won Robbie. Um, Robbie was the head of trauma um, at Bryan Health in Lincoln. And then um, Nurse Sandy. So we had trauma Robbie and Nurse Sandy at the Chili Bowl. But um, Sandy was our nurse. She was our daytime nurse. So she was with us um, for the three days that we were there, you know, all during the daytime hours. And then Robbie, um, his position was actually really, really unique and um, really cool for our situation. 
he um, he handled everything from he handled like the press and media that they were getting at the hospital to you know helping us arrange get Brian home and they were both just everyone that we came into contact with at the hospital was phenomenal um, I knew I knew as soon as they told as soon as they told us in Belleville that we were going to Brian Health that uh, you know we were going to be in good hands and the hospital it was Brian with a Y I was spelled the right way um, <laughs> but you know even in that moment um, I just felt that you know our Brian was looking out for us so being able to form this relationship with nurse Sandy and Robbie um, I know it's unique I know it's totally not what happens in every situation but we love them so much and Robbie said you know he feels like he's known us for years and it is totally true when we are with Robbie and Sandy and their families it's it's incredible it's like you know we've all known each other forever and we haven't um, and Sandy one of my favorite things about her is she said you know I'm getting to know Brian from a reverse way here. She said, you know, I never got to meet him, but I've met his best friends and I've met his loved ones. And she said, you guys have shared all these stories and, you know, you've shown me pictures and videos. And so she was so excited to come to Chili Bowl because she said, I want to see what Brian's world is all about. And of course she got there and she couldn't believe it. And she couldn't believe how many people wanted to come up and talk to her and, you know, thank her for treating us so kind and taking such great care of Brian. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was really special to to have Sandy and Robbie there. And uh, I'm sure it was their first race, but I'm sure it won't be their last. Yeah, that's uh, t- taking two people to their first race being the Chili Bowl. What what were their reactions of the actual just the Chili Bowl? Sandy couldn't believe it. Um, Robbie is actually he's been to some World of Outlaw races. He actually grew up kind of in a racing family. Um, so he's he's familiar with it. He lives. Um, right by Eagle and I-80. So he actually goes, you know, when they have sprint car races at those tracks in Nebraska. But Sandy, she had only seen, you know, a few videos of Brian's and she had only heard what we've told her. And she walked in and, of course, she's like, wow, this is this is really cool. And I'm like, don't get used to it. This is Chili Bowl. Not all races are quite, you know, quite this awesome. Um, You know, over at the Clawson Marshall pit, we had uh, quite the hospitality set up for our owners and our sponsors. And I was like, yeah, again, you know, the next race you come to, we might have a lawn chair. We might not, you know, not going to be this fancy. And she was like, I don't care how fancy it is. I love it. She loved watching the races. She went up in the sands. And I mean, on Saturday, I think she watched the A, the B's, the C's on qualifying nights. You know, she watched all the heat races. So they absolutely loved it, and they, you know, they were like most people going to their first Chili Bowl. They just they couldn't believe that something so big could be all inside and happening in the middle of winter, you know. So what? You, so what you're? So what you're saying is there's good odds that uh, they're coming to the going this weekend as well. <laughs> uh, fortunately, neither one of them are going to be able to make it. I wish they could, but you know they're they're busy saving lives, so I don't want to take them away from work too often. Talking with Lauren Stewart, promoter of this weekend's Shamrock Classic at the Southern Illinois Center here on Hot Laps with Jimmy Miller and Mike McIntyre. Lauren, this weekend's festivities are fun-filled all day Saturday. What time is everything getting underway, and what time are we going racing on Saturday? 
We've got doors opening at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Um, we have a public driver's meeting, which is, you know, one of those little things that we do to add some fan interaction. The public driver's meeting will take place at 3 o'clock. We've got hot laps at 4 and racing scheduled for 5.30. And don't forget that you, it? And don't forget if you can't make it to DeCoin this weekend mm -hmm. to watch the racing in person, the race is being streamed on pay-per-view via the folks at speedshifttv.com. So it's definitely going to be a fun-filled weekend. Jimmy, it's kind of a shame you're not going to be able to make this one because it's always a blast getting a chance to go indoors with the uh, the midgets at DeCoin. Yeah, my uh, my first time down there to uh, DeCoin for well for that for the Shamrock Classic was the was the first one. I was part of the broadcast crew. I think I believe that's where you and I met, Mac. That's where we we officially met. That was the weird part. Okay, but uh, yeah, the uh, my only experience at that particular race was just a part of the broadcast crew down there. I'm kind of I'm I'm bummed I got to miss it this year, but I will be able to catch it all in speed shift. Uh, Lauren, uh, talking about the purse, what's uh, what's the winner going to get this year for, for winning the Shamrock Classic? Yeah, um, the winner actually were paying 3900 to win. Um, I did that because I was I was driving along the other day. Uh, a few weeks ago, actually, I was I was driving and, you know, I was just thinking about DuCoin and thinking about all the races that I watched Brian run and uh, different memories there. And I I called bridge and i said hey can i make this race 3900 to win and you know he immediately knew and he said absolutely he said i think that's an awesome way to honor brian you know some of his best races at ducoin were in the 39 fans will appreciate it and understand it and you know it'll mean a lot to whatever driver wins at the shamrock classic so you know um just a small just a small way to pay honor to brian but i'm you know happy to be able to do that so uh, I'm excited, excited to see who I get to hand that $3,900 check to at the end of the night on Saturday. Going to be a fun-filled weekend indeed at the Southern Illinois Center. Talking with Lauren Stewart, promoter of the Shamrock Classic at the Southern Illinois Descent, the Southern Illinois Center, easy for me to say, coming up this weekend. Lauren, thanks for joining Jimmy and myself, and we look forward to seeing you this weekend. Absolutely. See you in DuCoin. That was Lauren Stewart promoter liaison of many different ways of this weekend's events at decoin and as brought up earlier it's slowly but surely becoming the number two marquee midget race in the country between that and the junior canepa race that's get held in december i mean you would think that an indoor race like this in the chili bowl wouldn't have this much of an impact but these events are almost becoming Super Bowls in their own rights for how big they are becoming within the community, kind of the gathering of the clan. Yeah, it's uh, these these indoor events like this are in the wintertime. I mean, they're godsends for racers like us that we just want to race all year. And uh, I mean, I mean, we need this. We need this because I, there's yeah the Chili Bowl in this, and it kind of gets us through the winter. That is indeed the case. Give us your thoughts. Give us a call, 515-605-9738 here on Hot Laps with Jimmy and Mac. If you're headed to DeCoin this weekend or if you're wanting to weigh in on what has become the cult-like following that is indeed indoor midget racing and the excitement that it is, once again, give us a call, 515-605-9738. He's Jimmy Miller. I'm Mike McIntyre. We're going to take this commercial break, and we come back talking a little ASCS news coming back to Indiana. He's Jimmy. I'm Mac. This is Hot Laps on the Dirt Scene Radio Network.
We asked a DIYer to tell the difference between a beaker of new Valvoline motor oil and one with Valvoline Next Gen with recycled oil. They look the same. Both exceed industry specs. Still can't tell. Okay, one's better for the environment. Not helpful. Next Gen oil is better than new oil. Used oil actually starts off better than crude and goes through the same refining process. Then, it's improved with our special additives for the same Valvoline protection. And because it uses less resources, it's better than new oil. Valvoline Next Gen. With 50% recycled oil, it's better than new oil. From its humble beginnings in Lakeville, Indiana in 1957, Hoosier Racing Cars have become the premier race tire used by champions all over the United States and in 86 different countries. The different types of racing tires they have include tires for dragsters, road racing, oval track dirt, oval track asphalt, carts, quarter midgets, ATVs, pro street, and much more. So if you promote a racetrack, own a racing series, or just want the best tire made for your style of racing, Hoosier is the only race tire manufacturer you'll ever need. Go check them out at HoosierTire.com. Tires designed for champions. Welcome back to Hot Laps on the Dirt Scene Radio Network. Michael McIntyre, Jimmy Miller, glad to be with you for show number two of our little soiree here. Well, we haven't gotten any complaints. We sh- we're a sh- yeah, we're a soiree. We haven't gotten we're any complaints shwar- yet, so we're a soiree. Oh, okay. I was trying to make us sound fancy because Lord knows neither one, neither you nor I are actually fancy, so I was trying to give us a little bit of credit. No, we are a very long way from fancy. I mean, I mean, it is kind of cool. We have our own radio show, but I mean, realistically, anybody could do this. But well, let's let's uh, be realistic. Getting yeah, either you or me out of t-shirts and shorts on most days is pretty much of an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a good point. <laughs> talk a, as I understand, we got some ASCS action. We got to talk about. Yeah, I gotta bring this up because I'm kind of looking forward to how this is gonna go. It's. It got rained out the last couple of times they tried it, but my friends over at Plymouth Speedway made a little bit of a late-season announcement, and that's that the Lucas Oil ASCS National Sprint Cars are coming back to Plymouth Speedway in Plymouth, Indiana, just across, and it's about an hour, i got to get my directions right, hour east of the Illinois-Indiana line in the northwest section of the state, not too far from Chicago South Bend area. They're coming back on Tuesday, July 18th, along with something you should be fond of, the non-wing 600s for the newly rechristened Bob Newton Classic, honoring the great Hoosier Tire head that was so influential across the racing world. So the ASCS stars coming back to my area, and what's sure to be a star-studded field because you're going to have the stars of the ASCS series, like your Aaron Reitzels and such, take on some of the best in this region as far as your Dustin Daggett's, your Ryan Rules, and a lot of your stars from the Engine Pro Sprints on Dirt Series. So... That's going to be a big show. Just wanted to bring that up for my friends, Irish Saunders, Ed Kennedy, over at the Plymouth Speedway. Definitely got to bring up. That's a quality event. Tuesday, July 18th, Lucas, Lucas Oil ASCS Series. And that doesn't even include some of the other stuff they got going on beginning of the year that I'm looking forward to going over and seeing. Back-to-back Friday nights at Plymouth Speedway. The USAC Amazon Sprint Car National Championship is going to kick things off Friday, April 21st, along with the Mod Light Series. And then the very next Friday, back-to-back Friday night, big shows, the World, of Outlaw, the World of Outlaw Craftsman Sprint Cars, the UMP Modifieds, are on hand there Friday, April 28th. So some big shows coming up this year at the Plymouth Speedway. And I don't – you've never been there, have you? No, I have not been to Plymouth. I've seen the – I've seen videos from there. I've heard stories from there. But I have yet to uh, actually actually make physical contact with the racetrack. you got to go with me there sometime soon because for what Ed Kennedy, Irish Saunders, and the entire crew there have done to – renovate, revitalize, whatever you want to call it, to the facility. 
it has truly become one of the show places in dirt racing. They did the Tony Elliott Tribute Speed Sport Challenge there last year in front of national television. And for everything that they have done there, you'd swear you were walking into Daytona International Speedway as far as an amenities level because it is that nice. Now, they did purchase the seats and a lot of the other stuff from Daytona, but it's truly become a show place in dirt racing. So when you're over in this area, you got to go with me to Plymouth. I agree, and if and if that's the case, then one of these years, you need to go with me to Lucas Oil Speedway and see the absolute greatest dirt track, the most beautiful facility you will ever see in your life. See, that's really funny. If we're, if we're, if we're talking about really, really nice facilities. Jimmy, Jimmy and I have this long-standing thing with each other where he's worked at Knoxville, and I'm long-standing jealous of him for this. But then he turns around and plays the same card with me because Eldora was my home track as a kid. So for that, you and I were both spoiled as children. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I I agree. My uh, yes, the uh, the racetracks we get that we get to see are quite are quite amazing. But in my opinion, Lucas Oil Speedway out in Wheatland, Missouri is one of the one of the most beautiful facilities I've ever seen. You get to uh, you get to go see that place a couple times this year with the Lucas Oil Power Ride Series, and I think you're going to get to do some uh, some more sprint car series this year too, aren't you? Um, actually, I believe I ha- I believe this year I may have to miss both of those events. I have another prior engagement this this year, so I'm hey I might be looking for a video guy to go out there. You're just looking for more ways to fill up my calendar, aren't you? Not that there's anything wrong with yeah, that, but yes. still. Yes, absolutely. Definitely the big events are coming up on the calendar indeed. We're getting close, Jimmy. We're a couple of days away from we're a couple of days away from getting ready to go to DeCoin and then next weekend I make the long trek to Oklahoma City to go cover the Lucas Oil National Midget Series for Power Eye, a show that you've got to miss, but I know that's gonna be a star studded field as well. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Bell making his return back down there. I can't believe he's not he's not going to be the heavy favorite going in down there. Um, a lot of actually with Power Eye opening up the micro season down there this year too. Uh, Joe B. Miller, Nathan Benson, hopefully going to be making the making the trek down there to make that a really good event. With Port City Raceway closing, I'm I'm seeing that both midgets and the micro ranks down there will in the Power Eye series will get a lot of will get a lot of cars. I think it'll be I think it'll be a really good car count uh, down there in in April. Definitely going to be a fun-filled couple of weeks for us. And then after we make the trek to Oklahoma the following weekend, the USAC Amsoil Sprint Cars get ready to open up the Midwestern season of sorts at Lawrenceburg Speedway. And then the very next day, we'll converge on the Terre Haute Action Track in Vigo County, Indiana, for the first round of the USAC Silver Crown Series. We're just about out of time here this evening on Hot Laps with Jimmy and Mac here on the Dirt Scene Radio Network. want to thank Lauren Stewart for calling in this evening to talk about this weekend's festivities at the Southern Illinois Center in DeCoin, Illinois. Going to be a fun-filled weekend. Once again, racing begins at 5.30 in DeCoin. That's Central Time, 5.30 Central Time, 6.30 here on the East Coast. If you can't make it to DeCoin, it's a little bit of a drive. There is a pay-per-view stream this weekend available from our friends at SpeedShiftTV.com. Really reasonable price, and I promise I won't screw up the camera too bad this weekend. At least I'll try my darndest. <laughs> and if anything, I know you'll be watching to make sure I do a good job as well. So definitely looking forward to getting to DeCoin early on Saturday morning. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Dugoin. It's going to be a good show, and with you running the camera, I'll uh, I'll be hopefully watching some really good races. The good news, though, is at least the weather for this weekend. No snowstorm predicted this time, like there was for December. Yes, thank you. thank God for that. 
That's just going to wrap things up for us here this evening. Once again, next week here on Hot Laps, we're going to preview the Power I season openers for both the National Midgets and the Micro Seasons down at I-44 Riverside Speedway in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and maybe go back into the Lucas Oil ASCS series and what they got coming up as well. USAC schedule getting ready to get hot and heavy at Lawrenceburg coming up April 1st. Silver Crown starting at April 2nd. And then the Midgets go outdoors for the first time coming up on April 7th and 8th at one of our favorite racetracks, the Kokomo Speedway in Kokomo, Indiana. That's just about for us here this evening. He's Jimmy Miller. I'm Michael McIntyre. Thanks for listening to Hot Laps here on the Dirt Scene Radio Network. He's Jimmy. I'm Mac. Good night, folks. We'll see you next week. See you, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.